RWM Home Loans in Fresno is a proud sponsor of Fuego FC. RWM Fresno, mortgages made easy and where your journey begins. Little Caesars has been a proud partner of Fuego FC for over a decade. Check out their new location on Cedar and Shields in Fresno and make sure to order some crazy bread. The Iron Office a 24-7 private gym, veteran-owned, right here in Fresno, California. Make sure to lift heavy, lift often, with the Fuego's official gym partner, The Iron Office. Envision Realty. We want to help those achieve the dream of home ownership. We are your voice, and we'll be right by your side from beginning to end and beyond. Visit www.envisionfresno.com and be a future home owner. We've talked a whole lot about chickens yeah. before uh, getting on this, and at I guess it leads into the fair has a lot of things about animals and food and also gaming this year. So tell us a little bit about who you are and what what's going on at the fair this year. Well, uh, my name's Kevin, and I'm uh, part owner of uh, Blue Shell Gaming. We are a retail gaming location here in Fresno, but we do a lot more than just sell video games. We you know, play video games, we uh, run esports, we do um, events and tournaments and a lot of other things like that. But um, we just, we, we've been around, we've been doing it for a long time. We built a pretty good brand and reputation for it. And so, um, what was it, two years ago, because last year we didn't have a fair, um, Lori invited us to come out in partnership with them and um, run a tournament and do gaming and esports and bring it to the fair. And it was a it huge was a success. Huge success. Yeah. Um, gaming is. I mean, I, I think about it from like my mid thirties age demographic where it's like we were raised in this gaming world, like from the jump. I remember uh when I was growing up, I was huge into like Nintendo and Super Nintendo. But then once, you know, I had this this love for sports and once I could play sports online with like FIFA and NFL and NBA and all this stuff, um, I I got addicted. And it like it became this and still to this day, when I play a video game, it feels like this for me. It's the one thing that feels almost as close to on-the-field competition as, as I could find mentally. Like, I love to compete. I love to play sports. If I go out and try to jump, I'm going to tear an ACL at this point. So being able to compete with friends, family, whoever, um, is like a super enjoyable experience. And I feel like there was this stigma growing up of like, gamers are lazy and they don't do this and they're not competitive. And now I think that's like, it's completely changed the industry. That's still a hurdle that we face on a regular basis with um, parents and people who feel like games are, you know, keeping kids inside and lazy and doing not doing things. Uh, but for a kid who doesn't play sports or isn't, how do you say like, 
They're athletic. not. Ath they're athletically <laughs> challenged yes. um, to be able to pick up a controller and play a sport well yep. in a video game. I mean, that's a big deal for them, and it's exciting for them. And then learning, it not just like you know, on the. I'm trying to teach this to schools now on the education side of things, there's a big part of it is just comp competition, teaching people how to compete mm -hmm. and how to compete well, how to win well, how to lose well, how to compete with others, and how to do it in a, in a competitive manner where you're wanting to win and you're wanting to be competitive, but also you're you're handling the stresses of that well. It's mental. It's it, you know there's there's physical challenges to it as well, but it's it's a it's a mental game and they yeah. really have to learn just like chess or anything else you have to learn how to handle the competition how to play the strategy and it's it's valuable right for the next generation to grow in that yeah i mean i i think it's funny because working in soccer and professional sports for the last 10 years of my life some of the best gamers that i've seen have actually been some of the professional athletes like these a lot of the soccer players will play fifa at like a really really high level and it's because i feel like the games have gotten so advanced now that they actually do take in real life strategy of the game uh, on the field in real life and and it and it's happening virtually and so understanding where defenders should be or shouldn't be or where to set up um, a particular play to score a goal like these athletes have this deep understanding of the match and and the strategy and it translates into the game sometimes yeah you know i think too you have to look at what our kids have gone through in the last year and i know i have i have two boys 13 and 12 and you know they um, going through everything last year where they they couldn't be with their friends and they couldn't, you know, they didn't have that social interaction. I can say that, you know, gaming for my boys kept them engaged and kept them learning social skills and <laughs> made it so that they could, you know, get through those times when they couldn't see their friends. And let's I be have honest, two it boys, kept them sane. It kept them sane. Well, and let's right. be honest, it kept, 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 it kept <laughs> me sane. But I have two boys who are very different. I mm -hmm. have one who is... Um, very analytical and really likes to analyze and dive into how things are done and why they're done and is not athletic. I mean, he trips over thin air <laughs> and that's okay. And I have another one who, you know, wants to play every single sport known to man and is, um, un he's, he is athletic and he can, you know, and also loves video games. Loves video games. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting to watch them game against each other in sports games and watch my non-athletic child beat his athletic brother <laughs> because he takes the mental and the sure. analytical side of it. And he's yep. like, oh, I can place someone here and do this and do this. And Right. It's, the strategy. It's, strategy, it's, yeah. it's fun. Yeah. It's teaching them, you know, a whole nother set of life skills. It is. And the, the communication side is a funny aspect for me because anybody who's played a game online realizes – uh, the level of communication can be a little funky at times. Yeah. So how, like, you know, I know you guys work with youth on a lot of different things. How do you utilize the communication skills and kind of, like, uh, improve upon them or make them better versus just the standard F you, go eat shit, you know, uh, that type of thing, like, I mean, that's part that you of hear like online gaming. Getting good coaches and people who can train well, because um, I, I – I really try to explain to people like a gaming coach, someone who who coaches esports is just like a soccer coach or a football coach. They don't just teach you how to play the game. They teach you about life. They teach you how to act, how to interact, uh, how to play as a team. Uh, and so a good coach just does, isn't somebody who's just good at a game. Usually there's somebody who's decent at a game. 
but they understand the game well, but they also are good at life and they understand life and they can teach a kid about life. Um, because if you can't teach someone how to win well, um, I mean, you, you see it at these like big competitions, these fighting game competitions, guys throwing their fight stick across the room or they're, you know, getting in someone's face when they win. And, and it's just not good sportsmanship. Well, that's not what we wanted to teach because that's the thing that gets highlighted. That's the thing that everyone sees like, oh yeah, see, look at gamers. They're not, you know, they're not good people or they, you know, that's how they act. Mm -hmm. And so really a good coach teaches someone how to win and, you know, shake someone's hand and, you know, congratulate somebody if they lose. Why'd you guys, what, what made you want to do this? Like what made I mean, you want to transition from being a retail shop into like into the community? It's well, I mean, it's a natural evolution to what we do, anyways. I mean, we started the business because I was a video game collector, a friend of mine's a, bit, a video game collector and a, and a reseller. And he, you know, we kind of just merged the two things. We just, we love video games. And it's just kind of a natural evolution of the way video games are going. Um, for me, our growth into like we're working with, we're getting ready to work with like Fresno Unified, Clovis Unified, and also with Fresno State um, and their esports program. For me, the, the youth aspect of it comes from my. My background, uh, I was a youth pastor for years. Mm -hmm. And so really what we're trying to do is the same thing we tried to do at church, where the kids come to youth group and they love coming to youth group because we play games and we have fun. And then when they graduate, there's this divide between main service and the youth group. They go, I don't know what they do over there. And I don't know what's happening. It's the same thing's happening right now with our high school esports programs and our Fresno State College esports program. There's a big gap. And so what we want to do is build a bridge where we can help um, cycle back and forth through high school transitioning into college and let them know that there is actually jobs and potentials to become professional gamers in esports. Yeah, it's athletes. interesting to me because uh, I grew up here. I grew up um, not really having a wide scope or understanding of of the world and the outside world and what types of jobs were available out there. Um, you know, growing up as a kid and not, not to – greatest situation it's like you see cops and you see teachers and <clears throat> nurses and that's really all you know um but i was blessed with an opportunity to get introduced into the professional side of sports and realize there's like there's tons of career opportunities um not just being an athlete i wasn't going to be a professional athlete unfortunately um but I loved sports so much that I wanted to stay involved and I got exposed to understanding there's marketing, there's accounting, there's a medical side, there's sales, there's videography and photography and like all these other things that surround the industry of professional sports. And I kind of see some of those things in gaming as well. And as, you know, Overwatch League and all of these other things, now it's on ESPN. There's arenas mm -hmm. where people are watching esports. I mean, this industry is growing. And I think for people that love it, love it, especially kids, they can be exposed to like, all right, maybe I wasn't going to grow up to be an accountant. But if I can be an accountant for Overwatch League, like I'm good at math, I can do that. And maybe it sparks some type of interest for them to pursue education or do something. So in, in my mind, I think, you know, people out there might think they still have the stigma about gaming. Mm -hmm. But to understand that there, it could open a whole career uh, opportunities for a lot of these kids, I think is something exciting. So that was honestly one thing that we struggled with when we um, when we started this partnership in 2019. Uh, you know, the the fair is a 138 year tradition. And, um, you know, we we struggled with some people who who really didn't understand or see the uh, big picture of gaming. And 
a lot of folks, you know, were were disappointed that we would bring something in that, you know, would, quote, not, you know, get kids outside and it would keep them sitting there and it would, you know, all of those things. And so it was a, a big educational piece for us to be able to take that back to those people who were saying, you know, I can't believe you would bring this to then, you know, put it out and say, you know, kids can do this, kids can do this, kids can do like there is it's such a wide variety of what they can do. It's it's not, you know, and I I joke with these guys about it all the time. You know, it's not the kids sitting in his mom's basement, you know, at 45 playing games like it's a it's a career in there's so much industry. Tied to industry. It. Yeah. yeah, right. And when you look at the the jobs, it's it. It's not – it's the same thing you were saying. Like, not everyone gets drafted into the NFL or, you know, into, you know, professional sports. But those people who work up, there's jobs throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's guys that sat, you know, as a second-string quarterback and didn't get to play a single game. But they become a coach later. Mm-hmm. They become – you know, there's and other announcer. jobs in the industry. And so yep. now we have live-streaming video games. We have people behind the scenes uh, designing graphics arts, uh, video, um, you know, everything to do with that. And then even you mentioned like on the accounting side of things, um, there's a lot of live streamers now that pay other people to do all their video editing, all of their behind the scenes stuff, all their art for their their stream. There's so much other stuff to do that's not just gaming related, but it adds to the careers. So it adds to education, it adds to building uh, skills. It's it, It's an industry that, you know, and when you look at like, you know, Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, owns an esports league. Right. You know, the big name people are buying up and you know getting into this because it's that big of a deal. I mean, we haven't talked real deep about it, just very surface level at Fuego. But you know, a lot of the other sports teams throughout the country are getting involved in esports and sponsoring a, a sports team, and it's something that we would like to do in the future. It's probably a long, long term goal, but to be able to have not only soccer athletes wearing the badge, but also esports a- athletes that can wear the badge of and represent their hometown, represent the Central Valley. Um, I think it's a really cool thing. The something I wanted to ask you about is like, what does the future of gaming look like? Because I watched. Uh, I watched Ready Player One the other yeah. day, and I'm. Have you seen Have you seen it, Larry? No. I mean, it's if you have not seen Ready Player One, whether you like gaming or not, it's it's a valuable movie, kind of taking a look like 50 years into the future on what our lives might look like if gaming continues in in this direction. So I wanted to ask you about that because that that movie is super interesting to me. I have no idea what the future of gaming looks like. I mean, I'm looking, you know, one, two, five years down the road. And so it's hard to imagine, like, us living our entire lives on online the way that they do or in virtual reality. Um, and I guess to explain it so that we're all included, in Ready Player One, it's 50 years in the future pretty much. And everybody is gaming and it's all virtual reality and uh much like games like world of warcraft or everquest or some of these other like big world games where like you play inside of a world uh if anyone's ever played zelda it was like kind of the beginning of that but these people are and and then they have like walking things and you're walking and running and you a lot of people are living their entire days inside of the the, video game because it's more enjoyable than regular life and so that's something that i could totally see taking place yeah and then i mean well as they quest and they do things they earn um money and coins in in currency games and it it translates to real world money which we've seen grow in you know crypto and and the way things are going that direction too so i mean it's possible to move in that direction um 
I, I, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. How much to think. has the gaming industry migrated and moved, you know, since January of 2020? I mean, it, it's it's a weird evolution. And so what we've noticed is like 2018, 2019, everyone in the news was talking about how video games were bad for your kids. Don't let your kids play video games. Even, I mean, it, I did. I haven't heard anything for the last you know year and a half, two years, because during COVID, video games saved everyone's life. Um, and but just this last week, I heard China is now uh, restricting the amount of video games that they're going to allow any kid. Not just like, oh, this is what we recommend. Like in China, you are restricted to two hours of video game play a day or like a week. It was some a crazy day. number. Yeah. yeah. So I we were kind of following the same yeah. thing and looking at that going. For some kids, I mean, that's gonna like that would be like limiting my my kid who is you know full blown full blown wants to do everything. That would be like limiting him. You can only play one sport a year. That's yeah. it. Sorry, I, I just yeah. Or you can only practice once a week. Yeah. Like, it, that's the the thing that people don't understand. In order to be good at video games, just like you're good at a sport, you have to play, you have to practice, you have to compete, you have to lose, and so you can become better at what Absolutely. you do. And so, yeah, I, and I think it's one of those kind of like dictatorship China things, so I don't think we're ever going to follow anything of that um, drastic nature. We're um, starting to lean there. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, yeah, it, it is, yeah. but I mean, I think what it's I, what, it, what I've seen is the the transition from people really feeling like video games were the problem to people realizing that video games aren't a problem; that instead they can be a good solution because they, you know, they can keep people sane. I literally had people coming in during the entire pandemic into our store buying games, going. Man, this is the only thing that I can do to keep my kid from jumping off the walls right now. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I was right there. Yeah, and so it it I mean it was a service for people to have those. Yeah, I think the there's option. this misconception. I actually listened to a podcast the other day on addiction, um, and it talked about you know when does something become an addiction? Like there are many things that we do in our lives. Was Michael Jordan addicted to basketball? Maybe. Um, no, he was addicted to winning. He was, but 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 an addiction truly is when other parts of your life are failing because of your obsession with a particular That's thing, whether it's a, a drug or whether winning. it's a, right. Yeah. But the was that dance, negative to his the life? Last dance showed me a lot more about Michael Jordan. Watching that, that documentary great, it was so good, it incredible. Was so good. I don't want to get sidetracked, but yeah. I love that documentary. It was really but, good. Yeah, but I think that's a fear from parents is like, oh, my kid is addicted to. Video gaming, mm-hmm. and but and I think be... it's an important thing to understand. Like an addiction is something that negatively affects the rest of their life. So if they're still healthy and their social skills are improving and they have friends and all these other things are okay and they're not some pale vampire in the basement that isn't getting any vitamin D, you know, I don't think it. Sh- I don't think video gaming should be viewed in that type of way. Yeah, There's a healthy it... balance, and that's right. part of what parenting is. I mean, yeah. you've got to have a healthy balance for your kids. But if it was sports or something else, they would have said, oh, he's passionate about. You would use a different word. You say, oh, he's passionate about that instead of saying he's addicted to it. Well, why is the stigma have to be? Is it is it because of your narrow thought process and not what the, the thing actually is? Or for me, I can say like we have, you know, people are like, oh, well, he plays video games all day. I mean, he must be lazy. Well, it's it's not lazy. I yeah. mean, it's it, that I don't know that the mental and the, you know, what it takes for them to play those games. I mean, it's, it's it can just be hard as much it, uh, to me. It's just as much. And I mean, and then when you get in the VR and the physical activity with the VR, I don't think people realize that part of it either. Mm-hmm. 
And that's what I, I, I've been surprised to not see the VR side take off as much as I thought it was going to. Maybe the right game hasn't hit yet or the right technology, but I think that's going <clears> to <throat> move. There's definitely been a huge advancement just over the last, you know, I'd say five years or so with like the the ease of getting a good VR, like getting like a, a Quest 2, um, you know, they're, you know, 299 bucks or 249 at Target now, and they have all the sensors built in, they have all the paddles you need, you plug it in, it's wireless, it connects to everything, you can play almost everything. Um, I have one at home, and let me tell you, I play it about once a month, but I play on my consoles once. Well, I mean, I'd like to play more than I do. I'm too busy selling video games to, to actually enjoy them. But the point is, like, it just it's doesn't. You still doesn't play console a lot more, more than you play. More. Right? And, why? And I think part of it has to do with for me, it's a relaxation thing where I feel like when I put the VR on, I have to be ready, I have to be on, I have to be standing, I have to be set up, I have to, you know, interact. Mm -hmm. And where when I want to play a game, it's more of a mental relaxation for me. I get to shut out the world, yeah. and I get to spend some time in this other world, and it's it's relaxing for me. So VR isn't relaxing for me. It's more of a you know, I, I mean, I'd get up and play the Wii before I'd play the VR because it, it you feel like you're having to attach so much to yourself. So it's like cumbersome. Yeah. It's a burden. Um, whereas it, sitting like you back have in to a chair, set yourself up. Yeah. To set yourself up to do it. Yeah. So you said something that was interesting to me um, console gaming. So is it more console gaming right now or online gaming? Well, Curious. online's both. So. That the the war is between console and PC, but both of them are online okay. and they both can compete with each other now. So the the big battle, um, you know, is PC over console. Um, yeah. So do you keep buying the console? And this is just like, so here's my mom hat. Mm -hmm. You know, we buy these consoles, and then I'm like, well, you guys aren't using these. Like you're just on your computer, and now they want to build these ginormous computers that's the big problem right now too is computer components are like impossible to find to we were talking about you know things that are hard to find you can't find chicken wings well you can't find computer <laughs> components either um you know a video card that would cost 200 300 bucks you know a few years ago now you sell for a thousand dollars on ebay bucks. and i'm like i'd build a whole computer for a thousand bucks why would i pay a thousand bucks for a video card well and you're having to now you've got all these kids who have you know watched it and heard and and seen how they could build their own computers, but they can't even find the materials the to be able to build mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And so then they're, you know, they're buying one, but it's not exactly what they want, and it's a struggle. Right. That's why a console's convenient. Yeah. In a way, because it's, it's all right all, there. Yeah. I'll but but one. there is you know from gaming myself, uh, there is a competitive advantage I think to people with PCs. I mean, you have more control abilities because of all the the buttons on your keyboard versus there's, just a controller there's a, there's a huge and the precision debate. of a mouse versus and, a console controller is yeah. well there's a huge debate and I, I saw this debate the other day uh, really get sparked uh, in the Call of Duty Warzone community and, and a big streamer posted something about like um, you know controller players will never be in my top 10 and I mean the guy took a beating by like some of the biggest people in the industry who play and compete and win at high level with controller controller for some people is more accurate of an input because of the size and the amount of the how everything they need is so much closer together mm -hmm. with a keyboard it's a little bit more spread out you have a lot more buttons to press and for like a role-playing game or something like that but for a shooter or a sports game sometimes the accuracy or the precision you get with a keyboard and mouse it 
doesn't trump the convenience of having everything at your fingertips all mm -hmm. at once mm -hmm. and having every finger being able to move independently and do what it needs to do without having to move your hand around. And so there's a, there's a big debate on input um, when it comes to like graphics and that sort of thing. PC is you know always going to be far superior because you're gonna, they're always going to be building them bigger and better because what you're buying in a console is basically a slimmed down computer, mm -hmm. but in order to sell it for $399, $299, they obviously kept to slim down. They don't sell the for parts. that anymore. Well, they're $499, $599 now. But I mean, but still the, cheaper than putting a computer together. Putting yeah, right? a computer together, you're spending a minimum of a thousand bucks. And that's if you find all the parts at retail and you don't have to go get gouged by some guy on Craigslist. Um, so the divide is about 50%, yeah. I mean, cost wise, but they build their operating systems to run more efficiently and that sort of thing. But there's a bigger selection of games also on PC and with Steam and the ability to like download everything and have it all at access. There's no media, you know. Right. And so how did we get to the, to, to the fair and doing this at the fair? And how does this actually work to be able to run gaming at the big Fresno fair? I, I mean, I'll be honest. Uh, I'm glad I have two boys who are very into it because they are the ones who really, for me, were like, oh, this could be a cool exhibit. And then we, uh, we found Blue Shell and they have been heaven sent. I mean, and what they are doing in their locations and, you know, with the schools and with everything, um, it's it's fantastic. It's just a whole nother area that fits. So the mission of the Big Fresno Fair is to celebrate, educate and have fun. And I mean, this encompasses everything that we do. And, you know, we like to pride ourselves on having something for everyone. And this really, you know, does that. I mean, you've got adults and children and I mean, it's. It fits for everybody. And so when we started this partnership in 2019, we didn't really know what we were getting into. And it was definitely a, you know, let's throw it up on the wall and see what happens and how it works. And it did. And we had our hurdles. Yeah. But I, this year is, I'm super we're gonna, excited. We're going to blow it out of the park yeah. this year. And that's one of the things that's going to be, it is going to be something for everybody. We're, you know, we're talking about the debates between the different types and the different whatnots, but we're bringing it all. So we're going to have some laptop PCs running PC based games like League of Legends. And we're going to have Fresno State's esports team come out and bring their collegiate players to play and teach on a few days. Um, they play Overwatch, League of Legends, and Rocket League, um, you know, which is kind of a, a really eclectic blend of games because Rocket League is basically soccer with race race cars. Mm -hmm. um, Overwatch is, you know, a first person shooter game, um, and then League of Legends is a strategy role playing type game. So you get a little bit of everything with that variety. Um, but then what we do. We do mostly console, but we're gonna we're, we're branching into PCs because of the way that education goes. A lot of it's done on PC because sure. it's easier for teaching and that sort of thing. But we do a lot of console, so we're bringing a PS5, we're bringing PS4s and Xbox Ones to play modern games, to do you know FIFA tournament, to do a Smash Bros tournament on Switch, to do uh, Fortnite tournaments on on newer gen consoles. But in addition to that, we're also bringing Nintendo's, Super Nintendo's, uh, Sega Genesis, retro games, PS1, stuff that we can play more classic games. Mm -hmm. So you Are you, you going to have a whole seminar on like how to take the cartridge and blow the <laughs> and I miss and, those I mean, days. Right? Yeah. Like, and your gold little Blowing thing in the cartridge Zelda. is yeah. not good for the video games. <gasps> 
You're taking my whole child. When yeah. you blow into a video game, you're putting condensation and heat on the cartridge that creates more condensation, and then it creates rust. And the pins rust, and then your game doesn't work anymore. Well, why the hell did it work then? I know. When like, I blew mine, on it, and then I put blow. it in, and like, I turned it off. Yeah. The 80s so, are like, so now mystery. You, what, what did everyone assume that you were doing when you blew on Blowing a cartridge? Blowing the dust off. Yeah, never. It yeah. doesn't work. You don't blow dust off a cartridge because the dust isn't. It's not. It's not on there enough to be blown. That is off. the only way my Top Gun game would work. You know why though? The heat from your breath actually transfers to the pins. When the pins get warm, they make better contact inside mm. the system. Yeah. It has everything to do with the heat and nothing to do with the actual air you're. you're so what's expelling. the best way to clean off? R- rubbing alcohol on a Q-tip. Rubbing alcohol. <laughs> Which is funny because you read the back of a cartridge and every single one of them says, "Do not use." Rubbing, rubbing alcohol. alcohol. You don't know why? Because they wanted you to buy their cleaning kit, which oh. came with what? Rubbing alcohol. Wow. But you also have to use 91% or better rubbing alcohol. If you use like a 50-50 from Dollar Tree, you're just putting half water in your system, and then you're you're more likely to have rust anyways. So they're protecting you from buying cheap rubbing alcohol. But yeah, 91% rubbing alcohol on a Q-tip, it's the only way you're getting anything off of that My cartridge. whole childhood has yeah. been redefined. Sorry. Ruined. Sorry. <laughs> I, every time I look at somebody blowing a cartridge, I go, "Don't do that! Don't do it! Don't do that!" So, <laughs> but the, I did it just yesterday. So, did you? You know, everyone saw. There's like, some nostalgia. When nothing else works. Is Ninja Gaiden copy on, on Nintendo? And I was like, I got to get this game to work for this guy because he really wanted to get it working. And I took, I even took the cartridge apart, took the 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 board out of it, and I like put some stuff on the pins to like take the corrosion off because it was pretty beat. You know, these games are thirty. 40 years old now. It's crazy. They 35 still work. 35 years. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I got it like really clean and just, nothing else worked. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to do the last last ditch effort. And I blew on it and I got a little bit of a picture, but it was like really pixelated. I'm like, yeah, I don't think it's going to work, bro. Sorry. Uh, bummer. But, bummer. Well, nostalgia, yeah. I guess. But in addition to all the console type and PC type gaming, we do have a guy I just met with yesterday who's going to be bringing out uh, arcade systems. So oh, we're going to cool. set up some a video Very arcade cool. um, as well. So there'll be, you know, just be a coin-up type video arcade. Uh, people want to come in, drop a few quarters, play some video games. But what, we th- what we're thinking is our thought process is something that is for everyone. Mm-hmm. So the kids come over, they want to play Fortnite. Parents go over pac-man mm-hmm. you know they go over and they see like i played that you know wrestlemania game on arcade when i was little we're bringing vintage stuff for the the parents but we're bringing you know the newer stuff for the the kids and the it's a lot of fun i mean you figure every industry has its vintage and video games are fairly new there wasn't vintage when we were growing up right games are new but now there is kind of a vintage and a nostalgia for adults and parents to get back into it's not just pinball machines anymore it's yeah. you know they're playing they're playing games so where does this take place within the fair? So it is taking place uh, on the north end of the ground. So the big carnival, uh, it's going to be right next to the carnival. So it's mm. in the armory building, home which arts. was home arts on top. formerly yeah. the home arts building. So where you would have gone before to see your um, you know, quilts and jams and those kind of things, you're going to go there now for all things e-gaming. And uh, so we're we're excited. They've got a twenty thousand square foot building it's, that they are gonna fill yeah, to really? the brim. Wow! So we're, it's it's a half vendor, half gaming room. So we're gonna bring in and do like a Comic Con style uh, vendor space as well. So um, 
we have uh, other than you know the gaming and stuff we have people that are going to come out to sell cards comics uh toys collectibles uh we're gonna have crafts and arts people we actually have some really cool cosplayers that are coming out as well so um a lady who does rita repulsa from the power rangers mm. um she's going to come out and do like a profe- she's a professional cosplayer um the guy i believe who actually did the stunts in ninja turtles 2 the secret of the ooze for michelangelo has the full costume and he's going to come out and he does like a little um demo he'll wow. flip around so and stuff cool. in it. it's That's really awesome. rad um yeah. secret of the ooze the, <laughs> the mando that. mercs from um Man- the mandalorians are going to mm-hmm. come out and do a little demonstration we might have some 501st um star wars stormtroopers oh, cool. Very cool. um there's a guy that does 10 costume changes he will be there like for a full day or two full days and literally every other hour he'll be in a different costume doing a different thing and they'll just be kind of you know strolling around hanging out high-fiving you know talking to the kids um it's just it's going to be rad like not just gaming but everything tv pop culture movie i think we got a vendor that sells like horror stuff from horror movies um just Funko Pops. It doesn't, you know, whatever you're into, whatever right. you like, um, something you're for find everyone it. Yeah. from one to a hundred and one. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so if you buy a ticket to get into the fair, you can get into this area at no additional cost. Yeah, the building is fully free. Everybody come in, hang out, have a good time. Uh, the gaming area, we are charging a small fee for gaming. Uh, it's going to be five dollars for an hour's of play. Um, $20 if they want an all-day pass, and then we have a $99 gamer pass that gets them into the gaming area to game every day of the fair that they come out mm-hmm. 100% free. And, but it also gets them into all the tournaments. So we are okay. going to ha- be having uh, three major tournaments with cash prizes, um, and we're going to be giving away a Switch. Uh, we're going to be giving away some really awesome NFTs that you know the Fuego is sponsoring and, and helping us with. Um, but a lot of this is going to be um, we're going to be trying to run in tournaments basically every day of the mm-hmm. fair. We have I think two days that are going to just be you know all play. But I have my guys ready. Like if there's ten people there and they want to have a small Fortnite tournament, like we'll do it. If so you can do it right on the spot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that that's why having good people, um, you know, makes all the difference. You know, we have great people and they all love this stuff. And, you know, we're going to be live streaming the, you know, the event throughout the fair. We have um, these really cool, I don't know if you've ever played the Mario Kart Live mm-hmm. on the Switch. It's actually a real Mario Kart race car, like a remote control car, but you don't control it with a remote, you control it with your Switch. But you're playing Mario Kart on your Switch while it's in real life going through a track and then there's, you set up with, like checkpoint stops and it goes, you have to go through all the checkpoints and that sort of thing. So we're going to have that on like a projector, but we're going to have a live track out there. So we'll have a track out there. It's really fun. My kids have it. It's really fun. And they set it up like through the house and you're like, you can set up like barriers. Yeah. Try doing it with like grandparents around. You're like, Oh my gosh, don't kill grandma. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Once you set it up too, it's like you're driving in the game on the switch in first person, like you're in the Mario Kart. Yeah. But in, in real life, people can watch it going around the track. They can see what's happening. which is kind of, um, which is really cool. And so we're uh, teaching kids how to drive. Yeah. Right. It's a blend. Yeah. And we're going to do uh, like a leaderboard with that. So like time trials and whoever gets the fastest time at the end of the fair is going to get a prize. So there's um, a whole lot of elements going yeah. on. You know, with Fresno State, them sending out their collegiate players and their coaches, we're going to have coaching and, you know, help with that while they're there um, and just information about 
you know, what Fresno State does and their their esports program. And there's going to be a great parents lounge where you can go and there'll be some really nice comfy furniture. So, you know, if you bring your kids out and, you know, they can do their yeah. thing. There is uh, adult beverages located just to the uh, south of it. So, you know, you can grab your Our beverage. Our soccer fans go, will like that part Yeah, go much. sit and... You know, watch your kids game and hang out and enjoy the fair. There'll be some live music. So awesome. I keep telling people like five bucks for your kid to go for an hour and do something else and you to sit in a comfy chair. I mean, it's worth every one right? of those five dollars. Like <laughs> yeah. you go out into the courtyard or the walk area of the fair and you pay to sit in one of those things with the little foot massage or whatever. They're what, what are those like three to five bucks? I think they're like three bucks. Yeah, yeah the three bucks. They for last like minutes. four and a half minutes right. and then you're done. Like one hour in a cushy chair. You can take a little nap. Your kids play video games. That's, that's a great it's, deal. It's a good um, deal. Yeah. So Nathan, you want to talk a little bit about why, uh, you know why we got involved in this and and what components uh, the fuego will have in terms of uh our relationship with the fair and blue shell gaming yeah sure so um i'm gonna be uh a ghost for right now so you can't see me but <laughs> i'm back behind the, the soundboard and the video board um yeah so um we uh we heard uh through kevin that the the fair was going to be happening this year so we were really excited um the fair is like a it's like a it's a Fresno tradition just across the board. Absolutely, it really doesn't matter like what your background is. I mean, I think about all the different um, ethnic communities and um, and different parts of town that like they all have a connection to the fair. They we are a melting like, pot. Yeah, yeah. And, and everybody feels like, hey, this is we are a part of this, and this is this it's is, your fair. This is partially our, our yeah. thing. Like this mm -hmm. is what we do. So yeah, I was super stoked, really excited. Um, and especially uh, after talking to Kevin, found out that there's going to be an esports element. Um, and I know, like you had mentioned earlier, Chris, we uh, we've gosh talked like day one about uh, being involved in esports and seeing the value in that and how you know how important it is to to be present in that community and, and play a part. And so we we're really excited um, when uh, we got a chance to talk with Kevin and really we're thinking about like what is a relevant way for us to to be a part of the community so i think initially we talked about hey you know we could have a booth and you know kind of go the the standard route um and then the more we kind of talked we thought well th that's great like we, we definitely want to be there but is is there a way that we, we could actually support um and 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 actually be a, uh, embedded into what what that community is interested in and what that community um, believes in and how can we you know like I said support and back that up and be present so um, we're going to be uh, sponsoring uh, some of the tournaments uh, some of the prizes and then we also talked about uh, this other element that we could that we could do to kind of um, to kind of involve uh, kind of a cutting edge um, component to to our participation and we tossed around the idea of, of, of making an NFT for it um and uh yeah and we're gonna be doing that so and you need to like explain so i, I haven't talked Sorry, to Lori I'm very like, much about the nfts an NFT? and I'm gonna have to I've, ask. I've had a heck of a time explaining it to anybody that i've talked to and, and nathan spent like over, over an hour explaining it to me and i was still kind of like <laughs> eh, okay but yeah. it's it's literally the cutting edge of Collectibles. collectibles collectibles yeah it's it's it is the yeah. next generation of collectibles and they're backed by 
cryptocurrency. And so they have real crypto value to them in addition to their collectability. And so when Nathan brought it to me, I was like, that sounds really cool. I know nothing about this or how to get into it. I know video games. And so <laughs> luckily for us, you know, you guys, um, you know, this guy's the smartest guy I know. So and I've known him for a while. That's so. very true. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> one, what I mean, is an NFT? One, I'm still yeah, really one, confused. I feel like the way that I could like break it down in the most simplistic understanding of at least my understanding of it is if you can just imagine in the sports industry like a uh, like a card like a okay. Michael Jordan rookie card and that Michael Jordan rookie card is worth hell of money right yeah. because it's Michael Jordan's rookie card and they're only made x amount of them and released them into the public and once you own it you own that card like that card is yours nobody else owns it but you and you can sell it or you can put it somewhere and display it in yes. a nice way an NFT at least in the sports industry right now, is kind of modeling after that. So like we can create and mint or create this NFT that only you can own. So like let's say we draft a player and that player's rookie NFT is yours and you're the only one that owns that specific NFT. It's a collectible. It exists only in the digital space, so on a computer or a phone or something like that. And you can trade it, you can sell it, you can look at it, but it's yours. And so there's a value to it, just like a Michael Jordan rookie card. And a lot of that is backed in cryptocurrency, so you could sell it for so cryptocurrency. So this is genius. Right. Yeah. So then you don't have the case where, like, we bought my son uh, autographed Aaron Judge baseball for his birthday one year, and he misplaced it. Mm. Yeah. So now you can't misplace yeah. these NFTs, yeah, right? They, they this is live, beautiful. Yeah. So so NFT, so the, the acronym NFT stands for non-fungible token. Um, which is basically just a really fancy way of saying uh, it's unique. Um, and so, you know, kind of the illustration I use for people is um, most people don't think about um, the abstract space um, of their computer, right, their desktop world. Um, they don't think about that as, uh, as being inherently unique because um, I can take a file and just make multiple copies of it, right? And to me, uh, to, to the user, they they might as well be the same thing. But the, there's metadata behind those things, and they're all actually slightly different. Um, the the ones and zeros behind those those files are technically different, which is why your computer doesn't get confused about what file it's opening. And so um, so all of that gets put into a really long uh, algorithm, a really long you know um, you know imagine like some Albert Einstein genius writing like code. a bunch of yeah. ones and zeros on a wall, right? So, um, so all that gets gets put into a system where it is it is you know quote unquote minted, which is essentially it's given its unique hash, its unique ID, um, and uh, the great thing about the technology is that it's built on um, cryptography, so it's made to to not be hackable, uh, and it's using a set of technologies that that uh, are the best. That we can that we currently have, um, and so uh, so this this thing that's being minted, this NFT is is unique. And I you know a lot of people ask me like, yeah, but can I view it on the internet browser, or can't can't someone make a copy? And it's like, well, yes, they can make a copy, but they won't have the original. And so the illustration I use is you know I can I can go um, you know to uh, an art gallery. I can take a picture of the Mona Lisa. Mm -hmm. I can. I can bring that to a print shop, have them print me one, and you know, and but it's not at the end of the day, it's not 
the painting itself you know i can have you uh, tried to take a picture in an art gallery you yeah, will be shot yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah so so you know or like um you know like a like a really famous guitar um or a really famous instrument yeah you know what's important about it is that that instrument had this relationship with this person i you theoretically could say like i could even take the atoms and if i had some like star trek you know sort of technology like remake that and, th and then the question would be okay it's molecularly identical but was that the instrument that this person played and if it's not right there it loses that uniqueness and so the whole thing about uh the technology behind uh, cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology is that to a space where we never really think about individuality or uniqueness it's a way for us to track that uh, uniqueness and and understand that minted component as uh, as a unique item into itself and it can't be replicated and so by issuing unique items through this you know through an nft um, we get to have those things live in the digital space now okay so i'm a visual learner so like is yeah, there I'm a visual component I'm okay show you right here so this is one that he's building right now it will have a rotating uh, coin. Very cool. And so there's going to be three different ones. There will be um, a Fuego one with the Fuego rotating coin. It'll say um, sponsored by Fresno Fuego logo here. And then there'll be another one with the Blue Shell logo coin and it presented by Blue Shell Gaming. And then the last one will be Fresno Fair with the Fresno Fair logo. And it'll say hosted by Fresno Fair. So, so cool. We're it's it's going to be edge. cutting edge. Yeah. So... Um, they will have a monetary value to them um, and because they will be on a cryptocurrency blockchain and the value of it doesn't go up and down like a regular collectible would regular collectible it's really it's a supply and demand thing so it does have some of that value intrinsic value but it's also a monetary value based on the amount of crypto that it's actually holding yeah. and so when that cryptocurrency raises in value the NFT inevitably raises in value. So, I mean, it's almost like... It's like a surfer riding on a wave. So the surfer it's, can like crouch and stand, right? But then the wave also goes up and down. So the, the NFT can have some inherent value to it because of its uniqueness and its specialty. And, you know, if we do this type of thing again next year... When we do this next yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, there will be there will be this, this moment where people realize, oh, there was this first version that came out and so that in and of itself can have value but like kevin was saying because it is um, built upon uh an existing cryptocurrency and an existing blockchain the value of that also rises and falls so if i buy it for you know if i traded somebody one coin of you know abc you know crypto um the value of that cryptocurrency going up and down um means that that one that I bought, its value goes up and down. And then if the card or the NFT becomes more valuable, maybe it's not worth one, maybe it's worth two or three or four, right? So there are these, there's this kind of like multi-layered, um, you know, way that, that it can expand and contract in value and, and, and desire and uniqueness, so. The best way I figured out to describe it to people that they kind of catch it is, it's like a, a gold collectible coin from you know some collection mm -hmm. so it has its gold value because of the weight of gold that it's minted on that's the crypto backing but 
it's collectible because of the face or the series. That it is. So let's say it's like Elvis related. So if Elvis memorabilia also goes up in value or somebody who's an Elvis collector wants that, it has its collectability value, but it's always going to stand on the value of the if gold it's that, it's made, that it's made with. And then... But it all lives in the digital space, and then that's when I lose everybody. And they're like, "That's that's the hardest. <laughs> that's the hardest thing I think for people is to start beginning to understand that the digital space and the physical space are no different than than, than each other." And it's it's funny because I've kind of watched video gaming over the last thirty years and thought about, man, video games are starting to look a lot more like real life. And in these last five years, I've started to realize real life starting to look a lot more like video games. And, it, you know, and I mean that conversion in the blend of the digital and the, that's why I asked the question about Ready Player One, because we are living in this world now where you may not have a physical coin worth something, but you have a digital coin that's worth something and it's kind of crazy. But And that's where, uh, like, I get the question all the time, being a physical video game retail store, like everything's going digital. People are buying all their video games online. Nobody's buying physical video games anymore. Isn't your business going to become antiquated or, you know, fall out? Absolutely not. Because no matter how many digital collectibles you make or how many digital video games you buy, that just drives the market up for vintage video games, for people who want to play things that they're nostalgic about. Uh, everyone is shocked when I say it, and I'm going to say it right now because nobody believes me. I sell more PlayStation 2 consoles than any other video game system that I have in stock ever. Really? Right now. I to... have one of those. Do you want to sell it? <laughs> yeah, I need it. <laughs> I can't keep why, it in stock. Why, do you, why is that? So three years ago, I couldn't keep a Nintendo 64 in stock. So it's just it just keeps kind of pushing forward. Three years before that, I couldn't keep a Super Nintendo in stock. It's the generational gap. Mm -hmm. So everyone who played a, a GameCube and a PlayStation 2 when they were a kid is now an adult, they have a job, they have a career, they have their own money, and they're nostalgic for what they played when they were little. Mm -hmm. So it'll always progress in that direction, but there's still as many people buying original Nintendos yeah. and Super Nintendos and N64s. So the desire, the desirability of a console based on what someone grew up with transforms through the through the generations or through the the time but everyone who still played the older stuff because every parent who plays video games is still teaching their kids about what they played when they were younger so the 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 spread of what people play or nostalgic for is even bigger and so i get people that come in like man i can't wait to play this game or they're super fired up about this game and it's it's it changes and it fluctuates as the generations go up but it never slows down over here the the spread just gets wider. Yeah. I don't like, we're not losing this market. Market's not as popular. This market's more popular now. So, so the, the popularity shifts with, with the growing or the aging of, you know, gamers, but their desire to play what they played when they were younger is always going to be there. Okay. So now I have a question. So how does YouTube play into all of that? Or Twitch. Or, yeah, or Twitch. Yeah, so, Twitch. So that, and that's another one where, you know, people, parents are really nervous about Twitch. And I, like, my kids are, you know, they do both of them, both Twitch and YouTube. And I'm like, shoot, am I missing the ball? Should I be nervous about something? I'm afraid like of, like, what I said three weeks ago on camera, let alone what I said when I was 12 years old. Right? right? Like, how's that going to come back to bite me? Right? You know, so that's, I can imagine that being kind of scary. Um, <laughs> 
all it does is it fuels the fire. I mean, really, it's just it adds to the medium. The more people who watch video games, the more people want to be involved in video games. Then that grows the video game industry. Um, you know, I I I watch specific people that game. I don't watch everyone, and I do watch quite a bit, but I mostly watch on YouTube. I don't prefer Twitch because. And I, What's the I, difference between the two? Twitch is yeah. live and YouTube is Twitch post is, Twitch production. Is live. Um, and it's only games, gaming and okay. game related stuff. For me, YouTube is my all encompassing media pop culture outlet. So I have my subscribe channels. I watch gaming on YouTube, but I also watch uh, reselling videos, people going and buying and reselling. I watch sports. Um, I watch, you know, information for, you know, other hobbies and things that I have. YouTube kind of brings all of it together for me all at once. That's why YouTube's so easy for me to go on. What's new today? What can I watch today? Mm -hmm. um, they're, they are branching out, and YouTube just picked up, like, two of the biggest Twitch live streamers, one of the biggest, which being Tim the Tapman. Um, he, and he just signed a big deal with, like, Complexity Gaming, who Jerry Jones, owner of the Cowboys, owns. Um, and he's doing partnerships with AT&T and all these other companies. But he went full time. He signed like a multi million dollar contract to leave Twitch and go stream full time on YouTube. And that's the the way gaming is moving. Is these companies want to own people who bring people in? He, I was watching his live stream yesterday. He had something like seventy five or seventy six thousand people watching all at once live. And then by the end of the stream, there was more than. 1.5 million people that had logged in at wow. one point and watched part of the stream and rewatched the stream. I really wonder, <clears throat> as I just try to think creatively about this space, it's like, and maybe people are already doing this, but how cool would it be for us to have this same conversation, but while playing a video game and streaming on Twitch, like do podcasting via Twitch yeah. with your buddies or your friends or a guest while you're playing a video game. Like, and that's kind of what they do. I mean, if you watch a guy like Tim the Tatman, he's not the best gamer. Like he's not a professional but gamer. But you're interested he in this conversation. He, he engages with people. He's exciting to watch. He's entertaining. And even before he goes on and starts gaming – the first hour almost of his stream is literally him talking to the chat, talking on camera, eating his breakfast. Like people love watching <laughs> someone eat their breakfast while talking about video games or talking about what's going on in their life or talking with they, about what they did this weekend. And so because he signed this big deal with uh, the company owned by the Cowboys and he's a Cowboys fan, he's doing like a meet and greet this Sunday at the like Cowboys facility to watch the games that are on on Sunday because there's not a game happening there um, and like meet and greet with his fans. So they're like, oh yeah, we'll have like four or 500 people come out. It's looking like they're gonna have three to 5,000 people show up for a meet and greet they're driving from all over the U.S. to meet this guy. The streamer. Just And he's like, I'm nobody. Why are you coming to see me? But people engage in, in someone's life. And it's like the new reality TV for mm -hmm. gamers or people who are excited about certain things. You know, as big as you know, Survivor and Big Brother is, gaming and live streaming and backing people. You watch somebody that people are sitting there donating five, ten, fifty, a hundred and fifty dollars at one shot to this person just because they're watching them stream. Yeah, it, I, I, I truly believe, and that's why I mentioned it earlier, is like I think it's shifting 
the media industry is shifting from this overly produced studio version of shows and news and network television to like this format where they just get to take a deep dive into people and really hear like the long format and just real conversation. People like that. Yeah. But I know we're kind of running short on time here. So to, to kind of wrap it up, what else can we look for at the fair this year? Is there anything new and exciting that people should be looking for? There is so much. I mean, number one, we're back. We're yes. back. We're back. Yay. We're so happy to be back. And right? we are so thankful for our community who, you know, well, we may not have had you there last year. The Fresno community supported us in so many ways. You came out and you drove through the fairgrounds Lines. and you bought your food. I was in I line. sat in line for a cinnamon roll. I cinnamon roll. Box, <laughs> oh my my gosh, box you guys. of cinnamon rolls. I can't have any this year. I'm on a really strict diet. I'm really upset. Last year or two, uh, two years. I keep calling it last year because it was the last fair. That buffalo chicken mac and cheese chimichanga with the hot cheeto dust on the cap was the best thing i've eaten in two and years it'll be back. and i can't eat it this year because i'm on a really strict diet so okay, i'll eat it I'm for you upset. No, well i, I mean can't, like i can't i can't i, I, I can't all right. Well, let's, my dietitian's we'll, we'll like, if you eat, if you slip one time, you drop all the way out of keto and you start over again. Like Ooh. I'm on this really strict, like protein keto. I've lost 20 pounds in two weeks. So Congrats. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm fighting the urge to like order. A we can pizza. work on putting it all back on during those two weeks <laughs> of the fair. You want? Seriously. I would, I would yeah. too. I'm like, I'm moving into the worst season to be on a diet. Yeah. The fairs, the best food in town. Thanksgiving, I mean, hello, and then Christmas time. And yeah. It's just I'm like I can't even get a pumpkin spice latte at. It'll uh, be okay Starbucks, though. It'll be worth so. it. It'll be yeah, worth I'll it. Just, Keep I'll, doing I'll it. I'll live vicariously through other people and I'll sniff their food. And absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Smell is half of taste, right? Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Absolutely. So you know, we we thank everybody for being behind us and you know, and being there and being supportive of us being back and putting on this 2021 Big Fresno Fair. As I have told all of our staff, you know, we're not going to look the same. We are going to be a little different. Um, it's it's hard to come out of this. And it's been a struggle. Um, you don't realize how much you forget not doing a fair, even just for one year. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of it that we're like, oh, my gosh, we forgot. Oh, my gosh, we, we didn't do this yet. So, you know, be patient with us because we are, we are, you know, going full steam ahead. One of the um, preparations you guys were behind a little bit because normally you start planning for the next fair right after the previous right after, fair. Yeah. And then because of stifling and time and then also with staffing. Just and, and everything. Yeah. I mean, it's, how many people come through the fair per year? Uh, in 2019, we had uh, over 660,000 over the, the, we were 13 days in 2019. Wow. Um, Is it one of the larger fairs in California? We are the fourth largest fair in the state of California. Wow. And we are the largest, the largest and the longest running event from Los Angeles to San Francisco. Wow. We're, we're proud of what we do. And it's, we are a reflection of our community and, you know, Kevin mentioned it, we're, we're your fair. Mm -hmm. I mean, you legitimate concerts like every year. There's legitimate artists we've coming got through artists there. Coming, and we're so excited for some of the concerts. We've got um, Midland coming out. We've got um, Smokey Robinson. Ooh. I know he's. I think he's going to put on an amazing show. That'll be fun. Uh, we've got Chris Tomlin. Uh, he's our Christian act. And, I mean, he's going to be fantastic. So Spanish act this year as well? We have Ramon Ayala coming. Oh, yeah. Coming. Ramon's and great. And then I know Ramon. He is like a favorite. Like, people is, uh, love yeah. Ramon. Yeah. So we're excited I, uh, to have him. Quick little side story. I, so I also do concerts on, on top of 
of doing sports. And is there anything you don't do? I know. No, <laughs> no, no. Gaming. Those are the only three: yeah, gaming, okay. concerts, and soccer. Okay. Um, but Ramon Ayala, I mean, he's getting up there in age. And I remember we had him at a show in Fresno. And then later that night at another show in Modesto. So he performed in Fresno at Chickchancy Park. They took him in a tour bus up to Modesto. And I mean, they like, he's, he's an older guy. Yeah. They, they walk him up on the stage. He stands in the spot and he jams on the accordion. Like one of the best accordion players of all time. So talented. He is so incredible. And to watch them perform is a ton of fun. So people should really go. Whether you're a fan of, of that style of music or not, like it's worth to go watch him. Absolutely. And also one of my, my fondest memories of concerts, I've been to a lot of concerts in my life, but one of my fondest memories was Criss Cross at the Fresno Fair. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. I, I went at, in junior high. I went to see Criss Cross at the Fresno Fair. It was my best friend. And we didn't even get into... The actual like grandstand, they had like the the screens on the outside, uh-huh. and we had to stand outside. But it was still one of my favorite concerts I've ever been to because it was so iconic for me, and it was like one of the first big shows I went to as in junior high. Um, and so yeah, every time I saw, I, I had the same the... experience. I watched one twelve. Oh, so man. you know, I a little R and B. See, you guys, I yeah. mean, everyone has that experience, yeah. and it's such like a fun outdoor, you know, intimate theater. Um, mm-hmm. We we love, and we're so excited to have concerts back. Um, you know, we, we are bringing in this year um, some awesome tribute bands. Um, so we have Queen Nation coming. Ooh. Queen Nation is the largest Queen tribute band in the nation. Wow! And so they're going to be coming out to the fair. Um, so Nelly and Blanco Brown. Wow. I mean, it just we've got we've got entertainment. We've got our exhibits. So we've got, you know, we've got our traditional ones with our, you know, jams and jellies and kids art and photography. We've got some new ones that are showcasing everything that's like cool and unique about Fresno. It's called Live in Local and it's products that are made locally in Fresno in the Central Valley and that, you know, you, are unique and special. So we've got soaps, we've got jewelry, we have, um, you know, signage, we have specialty barbecues and coffee and just that kind of stuff. So it's like this whole mercantile that is all about what makes the Central Valley unique. And, you know, you can go and get all of your super cool products that are made here. We've got seven days of live horse racing back. Yay. So excited yeah. for that. And That's our Fresno fun. community loves their horse racing. They do. Yeah. Um, so we're excited so, for racing. Can you tell us, I know that there's there's modifications to the times that the fair is open this year because of like no schools and no field trips. How does that affect horse racing? Because I know that opening later in the day on the week, normally I remember going and I, I have a buddy who just loves horse racing. So we go every well, year. What's not to love? We're there early. And so I'm like, wait, if, Fresno, if the fair's not opening till four, how are we doing early horse so, racing? So uh, our hours have changed. So uh, when uh, Tuesday through Thursday, we don't open until 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. So we open 4 p.m. to 11 p.m. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, we open at 10 a.m. Horse racing is Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Oh, Gotcha. So that's how it works. So horse racing will be out. Uh, post time is one forty-five every day. We've already got hundreds of horses there every day doing workouts. Um, so you know, bring your dollars. I've get never, on your phone. I've never like never actually left. No, I've ever, never oh, okay. left the fair 
winning in horse racing. I've won a few bets, but I end up putting it on. I've never actually left the fair up in value. This will be the year. Yeah, this is the year. I mean, we'll make it happen. (laughs) So I guess my last question for you as the expert who's been involved in this forever, what is your recommendation on how to have the best experience? Because I know I've gone at different times in the day and there's a different experience every time on day of week that I go, what time I go, the crowd and what what type of people go on different days. What What's your recommendation to be able to see everything and do everything you want to do and have the best time possible? You've got to go more than once. Mm, there you go. You've got to go more than once. Um, so, I mean, if it's if it's me and it's our family, you know, you've you've got to go a couple times, and you know, you you want to hit the exhibits because that is really what affair was built on and what it was based on, and you know, that was you know back in the 1800s. That's what affair was. It was everyone bringing their prized possession and exhibiting that, and so you want to go see that and see that nostalgia, and you know, you want to go watch the kids show their animals because that's a I mean, that's a lost art watching our kids, you know, raise these animals in the 4-H and the FFA and and what they do and the year-long commitments that they have for, you know, those projects, um, you know. And then you've got the shopping and the shopping is, you know, it's it's fun. It's unique. It's, you know, there are things you can only get at, you know, the fair. But then you've got to have a day dedicated to the food. I think and you have to have two dedicated. You two, might, two. yeah. Like, and Fresno, you, as much as you'd you like to eat, eat as much as you want. Time, you, well, you have you, to split okay, it up. Okay, so you also need to go with a group and you split items oh, you so that you can keep. Smart. You know, you you gotta, but yeah. you do. You want to try it all. And Fresno loves our food. We are a community who loves our food. We are bringing in food trucks this year. So food trucks have never really been a part of the fair, but. By and large, people are like, hey, there are some amazing food trucks and we would love to, you know, be able to sample some of that, too. So we have three food trucks that will be staying through the whole 12 days of the fair. And then we have uh, two locations that will be rotating in and out. So we're going to get ask because I can't eat it. <laughs> all of our favorite all of our favorite food trucks in. But, you know, to, to hit it all, you get there early and you plan to spend all day. And there are hundreds of seating areas where you can, you know, take a minute and, you know, sit down and relax and go or to the gaming area. you can pay five area. bucks and you can let your kid play. Yeah, yeah like kid games play. And, right. Uh, you know, go out there and, and do all those, all the carnival rides and, you know, have fun with that and go check out the Table Mountain Rancheria Park area where, you know, if you've got kids, you can let them just run wild and go down the slides and, and do all of that. So, I mean, we, you know, we joke and people are like, oh, yeah, but we really have something for everyone and Mm. you know if you come to the fair and you're like oh it's the same old thing nothing's changed then i want you to come see me and tell me what hasn't changed and i'm gonna fix that because you know we pride ourselves on having something new for everyone every year and you know like i said by and large we are just so excited to have our community back uh it's it's hard when you're in this business and you don't get to be with people i mean that's that's what we thrive on and we love producing these events and and watching people come and forget their normal life and just have a great time and that's what i think everybody needs right now yeah i mean you can see like people are hungry to get back for anything yeah so I think it's going to be packed. And I think that's what we love about gaming and the gaming aspect of it, too, is there's something for everybody yeah. because there's so many different types of games and things. And that's why we work so well with the fair, because we do offer the same kind of thing. But we also have a calendar of events and we're going to have different tournaments on each day. So if you want to compete in multiple tournaments, you need to come multiple times to the fair. Um, you know, we, we, we want to sell these like 
all day passes because not because we want someone to sit and play video games all day, but because we want them to be able to come and play some games, go and experience the fair and do other things, eat and have fun, and then come back and compete in a tournament or do something else and then still have time to go back out and do more stuff. You know, it's just one of those like don't pigeonhole yourself to like can I do it all at one day? Can mm-hmm. I do it all at one time? I, yeah. It's just never going to happen. Yeah. And you've got 12 days. Spread it out. Enjoy it. Have fun. I mean, we're, it, we're once a year. Mm-hmm. Once a year. 12 days, once a year. Come The out. weather's going to be great. The weather, weather's always good weather in October. is going to be it's fantastic. We kind of start hitting those fall mornings. I love it's it. been so pretty lately. It and, has. Well, except for the smoke. But yeah, it's a whole at least it's cooler, about. though. Yeah. Yes, it is cooler. So... Tell me where, like social media, where can people find you guys, website, how can they buy tickets, all that type of stuff. So for us, we're fresnofair.com. Everything is on our website. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, Fresno Fair, um, Big Fresno Fair. So we've got everything out there. Discount tickets, best way to get discount tickets. I And I will say this on this podcast, and I don't usually say this, but if you pay full price to come to the fair, you didn't try hard enough. Yeah. You honestly did not try hard enough. Go to any Save Mart or Food Max, and you can get a discount ticket to come to the fair. We have a kid's day. We have a senior citizen's day. So we've got lots of ways for people to save. Um, FresnoFair.com has all the information. You can always call us at 650-FAIR, and we will talk you through anything you need. Uh, But we are just, we're so excited. And, you know, we're excited for this partnership, and it's not going to go away. It is just going to keep getting bigger. Yeah. Yeah, and I year mean, round thing. We are, you know, we're at blueshellgaming.com. Um, we do a lot of our stuff on social media, so at blueshellgaming on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Um, but we also have the same kind of thing. So we have a Tuesday and a Thursday that we're going to be doing uh, buy one get one. So buy an hour, get an hour free in the video game area. Or if you have two kids, buy an all day pass, get an all day pass free because we want to be accessible to those who you know need a little bit. Um, and then all of our tournaments do have, you know, buy-ins. But if you buy an all-day pass, you get entered to that tournament. Or if you buy an a all-fair pass, you get entered into all tournaments. So you can be there any day, and you can compete in any tournament. And you know, who doesn't want? I mean, you, you go to the horse races, and you have a a chance. But if you go here and you play a video game in a tournament, you you control your destiny. And if you win, um, there's significant prize money. I mean, we're talking, you know, fifteen hundred, a thousand, thousand dollars in some of these uh, prize pools. So. There's some cash money to be given. And you away. buy your your gaming pass, and you get a cool collectible. Yeah, because you, you get a lanyard throw with up a, on the wall. You yeah, get a, lanyard with a, a really cool pass. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you guys so much for taking the time to and do thank this. You. We're excited to yeah. have Fuego be a part of the fair Absolutely. too, and we're be pumped. in this building. Well, and and other yeah. than other than, I mean, we talked a lot about NFTs, but other than that, we're gonna you're gonna have the mascot come out. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna have uh, players. No players, no players yet. Yeah, players. Okay. We, we don't get players in until f- January, February but of next have year. Information about but, yep. seating and about next season. Exactly. Um, we'll we'll be doing the big FIFA tournament. FIFA tournament is going to be the first Saturday on the ninth. Um, so that'll be a guaranteed five hundred dollar prize pool, if not more. Um, and then we're going to be giving away the Fuego NFT to the winner of that tournament. So um, cool. that that would be a little bonus to the winner of that tournament. And then um, the Smash tournament. Smash Bros is the following weekend and that will be between 500 and a thousand dollar prize pool and we're going to give away the blue shell nft for that one um and then we'll have uh fortnite on the sunday as well we have a lot of big games so like it, no matter what you play there's going to be a day we're even doing a monday night football monday night madden 
So Monday Night Football is going to be it. on the TVs, and we're going to do Madden Tournament, let people play Madden while watching Monday Night Football. And so it'll be a cool place to just come hang out, watch the game, or watch people game on you know, Matt. Love so. it. Love it. And you can go to our website and get all of this information that Kevin's been talking about. Yeah, we'll share on all of our social media platforms as well. And so we'll have information coming out um, yeah, so that well, people are informed. We're definitely rushing to try to get as much information out as quickly as we sure. can. Um, we've, we're all kind of scrambling to get uh, done as much as we can because of, you know, how late of a start we got this year, unfortunately. Um, but, I mean, we still have partnerships that we're working on. Uh, I'm meeting with the Fresno Unified School District to try to get some esports people to come out through for them as well. Um, at Fresno State's coming out for two full days. They're going to bring the big inflatable bulldog outside. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a 13-foot Mario outside of our building. Wow. Um, we just got it from China. <laughs> I, have to inflate <laughs> it. I need to make sure it works. Right. And then once we figure that out. Make well, sure it's you know, not it's Luigi. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I could imagine. No, actually, our like working with some of these the Chinese companies, they do a really good job of like they send you videos and like pictures of things. They don't want to send it to you until it you approve it because hmm. if you get it and you don't like it, like it's expensive to get it back over there. Oh yeah. So here's one that we totally didn't talk about: the fair dates. Oh. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> October sixth through the seventeenth. So two weeks from yesterday. Two wow, weeks. Not it's coming to quick. You out, Kevin. Oh, I'm, all, I'm already stressed <laughs> out, but that, and that's not just this. There's a lot, a lot going on. Running a business with three locations, and partnerships with you know major schools, and a big partnership with the fair, and two weeks of staffing, like two weeks of staffing at a fair, and two weeks of staffing in three locations. It's going to be interesting. Well, we're so. thankful you exist. And we're thankful that you have this company that's pushing this forward into the the new age of gaming and and just competition. I think it's it's a beautiful thing that us in the sports industry are really latching ourselves to because it fe- it's a sport. It's a sport, and yes. we we believe it is. Um, so super excited for this. Thank you guys for coming on. Thanks for and, having uh, us. We'll and have all the, the information. We really appreciate the sponsors and the the things you guys have uh, given us. And we just hope that um, moving forward in esports that we can you know be a better group be, we can offer what you guys need in your partnership with us and then in turn we can help you guys um grow the you know the, the fifa esports brand too because Absolutely. uh you know a soccer season is only a few months mm-hmm. but when you can play soccer all year long um you know right. that keeps the passion for the game Absolutely. Um, and and that's 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 the most important thing passion for what we do yep Exactly. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it so much. We'll see you guys next time. All right. Bye.